Friday, everybody. Uh, we are back with the all bases covered. Uh, we got Sam here, and uh, based on that little bit of background noise I hear, I'm assuming we got Josh here on the call too. So, uh, Josh joining us. Hello. On a wonderful What's Friday. What's up, boys? You know what? I thank, I prayed, and I thank the Almighty that we got some big news to talk about. Because I was like, what are we going to talk about? On Friday, there's nothing happening. There's zilch, maybe a little free agency talk, and then what else? And then, boom, we get USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. We get major news in the out of the uh, out of the NBA free agency and trade, and we got some wrestling stuff to cover. So I am uh, super pumped, guys. Uh, we also have another little announcement here. Sam, don't tell me. But it's Sam's birthday today, so let's give everybody, let's give Sam a big round of applause here for his birthday, big birthday guy over here. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) All right, so let's, let's start with it. USC and UCLA scheduled to join the Big Ten in 2024. Son of a bitch. All right, we're muting Josh for a minute while he gets that straightened out. So we got USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten uh, in 2024. Um, I always thought UC. I'm sorry to cut you off. I always thought U- U- UCLA always outkicked their coverage, man. They always played better than what was expected from them in the divisions that they played and the division that they played in. I don't know, man. I feel like UCLA is a – well, not necessarily in football. USC has more tradition, obviously, in football, but UCLA – That's a given. U- USC is a given, though. I'm saying, but UCLA being – they're in the Pac-12? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yep. Pac-12 is not loaded, is it? I mean, not, not really. Not loaded, but, yeah, I mean, they got Oregon out there, and they got Washington, and they got USC, and they got some other schools out there that play football. But UCLA is a basketball school. It's a basketball yeah. school. But, all right, so with this happening, we are – Which is why it's surprising they've done well in football, too, in certain instances. I mean, they've done okay in football. I wouldn't say – They've done okay. I wouldn't say necessarily done well. It's not like they've ever been up for a national title or anything like that. I mean, they've they've, they've been okay. They're usually – at their best, they, they can win nine or ten games and possibly – So how many more games is that than Nebraska, though? Like three? Four. Oh, shots uh, fired. <laughs> shots are fired. It's super, I hate you right now. All right, but that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. I'll give you that one because it's your birthday and you're getting closer to 40, and so I'll just let that slide. Uh, so that's all right, man. It's okay. I'll shake that off. We'll shake that off. I mean, you're closer to 40 than I am, though. That's, I that's am. The... I am. I mean, I'm two months away from being Double 40. Double whammy so. tonight. <laughs> and I'm three years away from being 40 as of today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with this move now, this is now signaling the start of basically what's going to be two super conferences. You're going to have the SEC and you're going to have the Big Ten. Word on the street is the Big Ten is going to look to get to about 20 teams total for now. So there's going to be more dominoes falling. Now, from my source, my source that told me, they told me that USC and UCLA were coming to the Big Ten. They said that back in April, and now it's come to fruition. I have no reason, I have honestly no reason to not to, to not believe him. Uh, he's always he's always given, even if it's not, I don't want to say even if it's not accurate, even if it's a little early, he's he's always been really good about uh, uh, about being pretty much. Don't tell me your sources, Tommy, man. It's not Tommy. So, anyways, this is the latest that I have. Notre Dame will be joining the Big Ten shortly. 
they already have the $175 million that they need for the buyout from the ACC because the ACC has a con- TV contract that runs to 2036. And um, to, to move out and to get out of that, because Notre Dame, if they join conferences, they have a cont- contractual uh, obligation to join the ACC if they ditch being independent in football and join a conference. But Notre Dame has the money now, $175 million to come over to the Big Ten. That will be the next domino that falls. Notre Dame is coming to the Big Ten. Don't know when it's going to be announced, but he expects it to be announced in the next four to eight weeks. So Big Ten has already – I'm sorry, not Big Ten. Notre Dame has already started talking with TV networks for the next Big Ten TV rights deal, which is coming up. So the big Notre Dame has been involved with those talks. So now Notre Dame's coming to the Big Ten. After that, the most likely two institutions to come over are Oregon and Washington. I don't know about Kansas yet. Kansas's only cachet is in basketball, but they have nothing for a football program. But Oregon and Washington possibly Stanford, but it's highly unlikely that Stanford goes into this super conference bid and, and kind of their their focus isn't really on sports. So it's most likely Oregon and Washington that come to the Big Ten, and then we'll see what happens with the ACC. But this is what I just read that uh, the Big Ten told Oregon and Washington that there is no imminent deal to bring them here yet. They said they're they're set now. That put on hold. So put on hold because it's pending if Notre Dame actually. I think they're waiting for the official word that Notre Dame's coming. Makes sense. So this is the end of it, man. A twenty-team conference. How do you win your fucking conference? How do you even play everybody? What do you do? What's the what's the layout of this shit? And then I'm hearing that they You're gonna spend the whole season playing interconference battles. Basically. Yep. Well, I mean that I think that's what they need to get to. I think if they if they conferences you have one conference championship, whatever conference champion goes, they go into the playoff. And then Yeah, but if you're only keeping it four teams and you got twenty teams in your conference, come on. Like you that, gotta that's why you, is, you set it up as like an uh, 8 to 12 team playoff. That way you can get the second best teams in each division too, or each, each conference, you know? So I'm okay with this is what I would suggest. So, so hear me out on this one. I would suggest expanding the college football playoff to 16 teams. And if the SEC and the Big Ten truly become the two super conferences and we're just kind of left with scraps wherever else, then I would say the SEC and the Big Ten, the top five teams in that conference, get automatic bids into the playoffs. So that's 10 out of the 16 teams. If you want to be a little bit more aggressive, you could say the top six, giving them 12 of the 16 teams, then giving four teams to whoever's left, which is fine by me. If you wanted to say, if let's say the SEC and the Big Ten both are at about 20 teams or so, what are the top six finish of of that conference that are then 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 they're in the plus the top six they can be seated however that's twelve teams then let the other four spots go to like a mid major here or maybe the winner of the big twelve if that conference still exists or like whatever you have four teams left over does that give you what people want to see i i don't i don't know i don't i personally don't think so i don't i don't know if i would like seeing alabama georgia texas a&m oklahoma lsu and and florida every year from the sec and ohio state michigan and usc and and you know wisconsin and iowa you know every year out of the big 10 i i don't think that would be entertaining per se but i think that's the best option we're going to get is the top six from each of those conferences go then you have four seeds left for the rest of the field yeah i mean i 
I, let me I ask you a question, both like, you guys. Since you guys are avid, uh, since you guys are avid football, college football fans, are you in favor of this expansion or not? No, fuck that. No, no, no not me. I, I like I like to be able to watch. Like you know what, Ohio State and Notre Dame. That's an interesting game to start the season off. Uh, Clemson, Texas A and M to start the season off. These matchups we don't get every year. You get them once every blue moon. And right. with this expansion, you don't you're not going to get these games anymore unless it's in the playoffs. I like to see them at the beginning or, of the year, or you are going to get year. it, or you're going to get it, and you're going to and it's not going to have the same feel to it because it's going to be too many times during the year. Correct. Yeah. You're, it's not the same feel if there is if it's in the same division. You know what? Yes, it's going to be nice to see USC play Ohio State or, or USC Michigan. It's going to be great to see the football games, but. If you start seeing that every other year, it it yeah. does it loses that magic it in my opinion. Yes. Right. So so the reason why I bring that up is because I think that keeping things the way that they were is actually the smartest way to go about this right now. I agree like, with you. Like I I'm in favor I'm of expanding the conf- the college playoff to more than four teams. I like yeah. that idea because I still think. Two teams, at least two teams get screwed out of it. So I like the expansion up to like eight game, eight teams and play it from there. But I don't like this all this expansion. I think it's just too much for college football. I think it's the, the death of it. it. It is the death of it. And you know what? I was okay with some conference realignment 10 years ago when, you know, or so, or more than 10 years ago when Nebraska went to the Big Ten and you saw – Colorado go to like the Pac-12, like whatever, a, a, a team here or there, fine. But you start talking super conferences. What's the fucking point? You you know what what what's the end game here? Like, and if you have two basically semi-professional leagues in the Big Ten and the SEC and then everybody else, I just is it fun to watch? No, it's not fun to watch. It's 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 not. And, and college basketball now, if they stay. If the Big Ten and the SEC stay part of college football and they're just say, well, we're basically the two best conferences, we're going to have 20 teams, and, and everything still exists as it does now, just with the two big conferences, then college football is still somewhat ruined, but it's not completely ruined. If the Big Ten and SEC decide, fuck you guys, we're going off to do our own thing, we're fucked. And, and the NCAA tournament's fucked too for college basketball. Everything's fucked. So, so I have a question. I have a question for for both of you guys. You know, uh, again, you know, with, with the changes that are happening uh, with these other che- teams leaving their you know respective com- you know uh, divisions conferences and moving over, how many like uh, you know, I'd say important or like you know uh, national games that are televised, you know, you know, frequently, year, or, you know, rival games, games that you have, you know, uh, one team against the other team, and it's been that way for the last 50 years, you know. Those rivals are now no longer there because one team has left and joined another conference, right? So how much of that does it does, uh, affect, you know, um, you know, the whole feel of the game of college football and college basketball for that matter? It was I mean, you just look at the, the Rose Bowl. I mean, that's always been Pac-12, Pac-10 versus the Big Ten. And if you have two of the teams gone, you lose that, that special feel of the Rose Bowl. Same thing if you get well, Oregon and Washington. If, exactly. But the other thing, too, is rivalries were already kind of ruined in the last patch of big realignment back in 2010 or so when – when you had Nebraska and the long-term rivalry with Oklahoma and Texas A&M and the long, long-time rivalry playing Texas every year when Texas A&M moved to SEC. And then you had a couple other big-time uh, rivalries end. And it's just it's going to be the same thing now. Like, the Big Ten keeps its traditional rivalries, Ohio State and Michigan and, and a few others. The SEC has Georgia and Florida – and like Alabama, Auburn, the Iron Bowl. So, so a lot of the big time rivalries. The SEC now gets the Red River Shootout with Oklahoma and Texas going there. So a lot of the big, big 
name brand rivalries are still in existence within those two conferences. But like you said, uh, Sam, earlier, a lot of really good rivalries have now gone by the wayside because of this conference realignment. And it is it is sad to see, but unfortunately that's just – nobody cares about that anymore. Everybody just cares about money. I think the lesser teams so is, are going to be the ones that are going to suffer, right? The lesser teams that were looking for oh, yeah. endorsements and sponsorships and things of that, of that nature – uh, in a very in a particular game with you know uh, a uh, a hot team or whatever the case is, right? Um, well, they, yeah, they lose you that look, opportunity you because the, now that team these smaller schools is playing in a different uh, division. You you look at these smaller schools if they go against the uh, Ohio State, they go against an Alabama, a Michigan. These schools give them schools six seven million dollars to play them. That's how they yeah. fund their athletic departments mm-hmm. with that money. Yeah. That money would yep. be gone for him, so it's definitely going to hurt them. But I, I got one question for you guys and then uh, one statement. Question is, could this just possibly be the Big Ten's answer to last year's news with Texas and Oklahoma? And do they stop? I know you just said Notre Dame, but I think that could be their answer to that. But no. this is where, as somebody that loves sports and is a consumer and, and sells cable services, when these contracts are up with these providers, expect your cable bill to go up because these channels, they're going to spend a shit ton of money to get these rights for these games. Yep. That, that cost is going to be passed over to the consumer. So don't get so, mad So right now, to answer your question, no, I don't think And I think there are going to be bids for that too. It's not going to be like a straight cut, hey, it's going to be this person or this company rather. It's going to be bids. So there, there's a good yep. chance of a price hike. Exactly. But uh, to answer your question, no, they're not. They're not. The Big Ten's not done. SEC's not done. I'll tell you that much. Big Ten, if they get Notre Dame, that puts them at 17 teams, which is an uneven number. So they got to at least add. If they bring on Notre Dame, they got to at least add one more for now to make it 18 teams. And let me tell you, if they get Notre Dame and then they go out and they take a team from the ACC like Virginia or North Carolina, then believe you me, the SEC is going to come calling for the whatever scraps, like not I shouldn't say scraps, but he's going to come calling for Clemson, Florida State, and Miami to come down to the SEC. And then it's just going to be scraps left out of the ACC. So then who else is really left outside those two? Duke. Duke Duke brings basketball to Kansas. So I, there has to be a bigger play then. It's not just college football. It's a play to bring all sports it's, to that conference now. The big sports, the ones that are going to bring the most money in. Yeah, you'll, you'll bring Duke along only to play because they bring basketball come basketball season. Yeah, I mean, you do because basketball is a huge draw. I mean, not as big as college football, but Duke and college basketball is the only, is the only other sport at most colleges that, that makes money. And, and, they're still play, and they're still playing once the college football season has ended. Right. So Generating Duke, income. Duke, Duke and Kansas, that's one thing that they have going for them is even though they're not great in football, they are blue blood basketball programs. There's no denying that. And Kansas and Duke – Bring that cachet of at least they have basketball. So I will. Be I mean, would North Carolina do the same as well? Yeah, but North Carolina. Yeah, but what I'm saying is North Carolina brings more as far as football and basketball than Duke does. So North Carolina would be if if you would if you want to get a pair of the Big Ten to get North Carolina and Duke, great. But at this standing, adding USC and UCLA gives you 16 teams. If you add Notre Dame, that's 17. So you have to be even amount of teams. So I, uh, if you add if you add North Carolina, that's 18. If you also add Duke, you're back at 19. So then you would have to add another team to get to 20. I don't know how all well that's going to work, but that is basically the right now where we're at. The, they're, if Notre Dame joins, they're at 17 teams. We'll see what happens after that. But if people start leaving the ACC, they're going to go to the SEC, Clemson and Florida State. Clemson and Florida State won't come to the Big Ten because they don't have the academic prestige. The SEC doesn't give a shit about that. 
but you'll see like your North Carolinas, maybe your Virginia Techs or your Syracuses come to the Big Ten potentially. And then SEC probably take like your Miami, your Florida State, and your Clemsons and maybe maybe at Louisville or maybe not. And we'll see what the scraps are left. But this is really just a dark time in college athletics. It sucks. I don't like this at all, man. I'm a traditionalist. And seeing USC and UCLA in the Midwest division, just it doesn't – most of the most of the schools in the Big Ten are either on the East Coast or are either on Eastern Standard Time or they're on Central, one behind. Having schools on the be on Pacific, and now you're going to make USC come to Michigan in November? Hey, have fun with that, guys. Have fun with that, USC. Have fun playing hey, Sam. In- in 35-degree weather in November. Let's, Sam, let's that? be honest. The re- real reason why Louie doesn't want to see all these teams come to the Big Ten is because that's just going to make Nebraska look even worse after they get smoked. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, how much lower <laughs> on the ladder does Nebraska go now? Don't you worry about that. Exactly. Don't you worry about that shit. It's coming. Don't They've you been worry moving about on that. up the last 15 years. Don't you worry about that. Scott, Scott <laughs> Frost for the longest was, time, was the man. He was going to turn this program around. Hey, man, enjoy your time now with Ohio State because there was a time that I remember, <laughs> especially in the 90s, when you guys couldn't beat Michigan and you guys didn't even sniff a national championship for about 30 years. So enjoy the time while it lasts. Everybody has down times. I always thought Nebraska would be just good at football and playing for national titles every year, and I was wrong. So enjoy the time now, all right? It's it's time to come over to the dark side, Louie. Never happening. It is never going to happen. (laughs) I mean, the colors are pretty much the same. Uh, Exactly. It just doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, All right. So we got a lot of NBA talks, guys. Um, a lot of stuff's been happening. Obviously, Kevin Durant has requested a, a trade. So that's where I want to start because there's, there's been a lot of other little happenings, some, some smaller trades, um, the Jazz basically fleecing the Timberwolves. But I want to start with Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant has demanded a trade because he knows that Kyrie Irving has opted into his contract, but it basically means he's on an expiring deal, which means he's probably talked to his boy Kyrie, and Kyrie's probably been like, look, I'm not going to be in Brooklyn. And KD's like, well, if that's the case, then I'm going to leave. But he's requested to go to Miami or Phoenix. But the latest in the latest news of Kevin Durant drama, Kevin Durant has said he'll only go to Miami if Miami doesn't send Bam Abadayo, Jimmy Butler, or Kyle Lowry back to the Nets. Well, then what the, what the, what the fuck are they going to send? They don't have the salaries to make it happen for Durant. And what, 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 is, what is Brooklyn going to take back Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow and, and be like, okay, yeah, sure, that seems good to me. No, fuck that shit. Like, I don't know. I, I don't even know if KD's going to get traded. I mean, I feel like he's – Oh, no, he's going to hold out or he gets traded. You have to understand now. It's it's come to the point where I think both of them have made up their minds that they're not going to be in Brooklyn. One person is a lot easier to trade than the other um, because one has a $37.6 million option. The other person has three years and $194 million left on his contract. Exactly. So the, the Nets don't have to tra- – the, the, what the Nets could do if they really wanted to, now this would make them look bad for future free agents or anything, but if they really wanted to, the Nets could be like, fuck you, if you don't play, we're not paying you. And you could – No, I, don't, I, I, exactly. I think that's such a bad look. I think that's such a bad look for any future star that's looking to come to the Nets because it's Kevin Durant. If it was – just Kyrie Irving, or if it was just like John Wall or whatever, like I would be like, sure, go ahead, hold him account. Ben Simmons, hold him accountable. You're not going to play, play. You're not going to get paid, you know. But Kevin Durant is a different but, stratosphere of star, right? He's in the Giannis category. He's in those categories. So I think that's a bad look for the franchise. But at this point, 
just like the, uh, the Pacers did, just like the Bulls did, it looked like bad moves then to unload their, their franchise stars. They have to make a move for something because he's not going to play there. But this is where you've got to start taking control back into the owners. These owners, these players are signing contracts. They should have I, I, Bro, I'm on your contract. side. I, I say this all the time. If I walked into work the next day and I said, hey, listen, I want a, a, a DNP today because I just feel like it, right? <clears throat> That's not going to happen. I'm exactly. going to dig for it. I work my job on a, you know, and they pay me accordingly. They'll say either show up to work or you're fired. That's it. So and that's why the owners need to say, "Hey, okay, you want to be gone? We're not, we're not going to do it. It's either you play or you sit the bench, and we're going to fine you for every game. So your salary, you're not going to make it." See anything. the pro- you know the problem, Josh. The problem is getting to be drafted in the next four or five years. When they see that their childhood idol Kevin Durant was treated like X by this organization, they they would more likely not be inclined to go to a team like that, right? Or even no, sign I, team I, like that. No, I get it. But that that's starting to happen in all the sports. Every single sport has, has taken yeah, the, the NBA. The owners of these teams are losing their leverage so badly. Football exactly. is the only place they're holding it, I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they lost. Because they they're, lost. They're, their contracts aren't guaranteed in football. That's why. Their contracts aren't guaranteed in football. And that's why it's holding. Because they still have all the power. Now, if Kevin Durant, if the Nets are basically, they've come out and said, listen, you know, if, if we can make it work to Miami or Phoenix, fine, great. But we're going to take the best deal possible. And to me, this is the best deal possible. And, and I think it works for both the Nets and the other team. The only problem is the Nuggets don't have the draft capital to send over to Brooklyn. They, they don't own a lot of picks. But – I still think if Denver sends their 2029 lottery-protected pick and they send Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. over to the Nets for Kevin Durant, that's you get Gordon, who's 26. Oh, like, dude, that's wild. That's wild because then you have Murray, Joker, and Durant. Exactly. And, and the Nets have two Youngs and Gordon. Ben Simmons coming back, too. And Ben Simmons coming back, possibly, unless he gets traded. But, yeah, possibly coming back. So the Nets are probably hovering in there in the play-in tournament or the 7 to 10. I don't even – I don't say that, man, because the, the, the lower end of that spectrum, the 6, 7, 8, 9 uh, ranked teams are better without – Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and whoever else they have, right? Um, I think Hornets are better. I think the Wizards, once with bad Bradley Beal, are better. I think uh, the Cavs are better. Um, so, I mean, but that, there, that's three teams right there. Yeah, but well, I said they're probably at the bottom of the play-in tournament, somewhere between seven and ten seeds coming into the play-in play tournament. And you're right. That my, unless Michael Porter keeps developing and stays healthy and Aaron Gordon stays healthy, Ben Simmons comes back to a playable level, maybe Seth Curry and Joe Harris add some nice pieces off the bench, whatever. I still think it's a competitive team. and that's. But the problem becomes then the Nets don't own any of their picks hardly. They're all, they're, they're all going to Houston for the next, uh, like, 2025, 2026, 2027. They got some of it back when they traded Harden to Philadelphia. So they, they got some back. of it back. And that's the only reason why I don't think they go to the Nuggets because the Nuggets don't have – even though the Nuggets have tradable assets and players, they don't have – the Nuggets do not have the picks. Now, if you want to go teams – a team that might have some assets as well as picks. The Nuggets just lost some depth too, by the way. What's they that? traded Barton. The Nuggets just lost some depth. They depth. did yeah. I think the Pelicans are an intriguing fixture mm-hmm. because you could send Durant there and you could take back Brandon Ingram, right? And then you could take back maybe, say, Giannis Valanciunas, okay? And then the Pelicans own Lakers picks, Milwaukee picks. So the Pelicans could give almost four first-round picks for Durant, and then you get Durant, C.J. McCollum, and Zion Williamson. 
Again, that's what about, scary. What about also, Portland? Another scary Is that one. an option? See, Portland, I, Portland doesn't have the, the assets, again, I don't think, to unload. Okay. They can give away Anthony Simmons, who they just signed to a $100 million contract. Right. Um, they can give away some, some future some picks that they have, possibly, right? Yeah. But outside of that, they have Nurkic besides Dane. Really Nurkic. nobody else. And that's really it. Yeah, they don't yeah. have the players. Like, at least with Ingram, right, you get an all-star. Yeah, you get an all-star. Coming back. And he's young. He's only 24 years old. So you pair Ingram and Ben Simmons, and you hope they kind of grow together, and then they can they can probably be a playoff team potentially, right? And if you add some more players, maybe you get some decent players in return for Kyrie. If Kyrie wants to go to Philly, maybe you get Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey in return. And then all of a sudden, okay, we've lost Durant and Kyrie, but we got Maxey, we got Ingram, we got, we, you know, we got Ben Simmons. We we, we have a, a decent team, right, for the future. So, I, I – uh, Yeah, I see. I, I think that Pelican squad, for them to be relevant in the Western Conference, which means that their players, all of them from one through five, their starting five, and even their depth, deserves a second look. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, let's, let's talk about now how, you know – and I think everything's going to be mostly on pause until until Durant figured out. But let's talk about this awful trade the Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves made. This has to be this has to go down as one of the worst trades ever made. It's, it's terrible because not only do you give up a great perimeter d- defender in P. Bev, right? But now you're no, dude. The guy in the trade that you're losing with the most value is Malik Beasley, man. Malik Beasley, but also and Vanderbilt both. They're both like rising, they're rising role players, man. He's only 23 years old. Vanderbilt, right? Exactly. And you gave up Walker Kessler, your first round pick this year. That's to, to go along with three more first round picks and one swap and one Four. swap. No, 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 no. Three, three, three to go over and one swap. There's okay, one swap. So three, three unprotected. Three unprotected yeah. and then a swap. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for for Rudy Gobert, you fucking – if Rudy Gobert demands three unprotected first-round picks and Kevin Durant demands, like, six, you know what I'm saying? Like, if Rudy Gobert and Deontay Murray are fetching two and three – That's ridiculous first, value. Durant, Durant needs, like, six. He, Bro, he in six. nine seasons with the Jazz – Gobert's average 12 points, 11 rebounds, and two blocks per game. That's so ridiculous because you already have an athletic five. Why do you need to bring in a hulking center that brings nothing else besides defense? One, you should go out and grab a top-tier power forward that brings defense, you know, in that sense. Right, and Gobert does nothing for you offensively. Nothing, zero. Zero. And you know what? When they switch, when there's pick and rolls and switches, Gobert's going to be sitting out, the, out by the three-point line, not being able to defend the shit, and that's, it's going to be the same result. That's what the, that's what the Mavericks did to the Jazz in the first round this year. That's all they did is they, they made because Dwight Powell, the five for the Mavs, can play in the primary, the stretch five, and he had Gobert out of the paint. And if Gobert's out of the paint, he's no Good Zero threat. Zero threat whatsoever. Because he has those Defensive Player of the Year awards, right, that's what gave him his value. But I think, again, this has to go down as one of the worst trades ever made in NBA. Yeah. Could it could also be that he played really well in the Olympics and had his team fighting for a gold? What the hell yeah, out it was here, pretty bro. much Stop a one-man Rudy show. Gobert, man. He sucks. <laughs> oh, I know, I get it, but I'm just saying I, I'm just I'm being the devil's advocate, but because he did almost take his team to beat the U.S. The key word is almost, Josh. Almost. I know, happen, I know. Did it? Right. Had it happened, maybe, m- maybe you could justify one or two of those first round picks. Uh, yeah, I That's don't. It. I don't see three first round picks. Not for him. Four. It's actually I mean, four. I don't He's see that right, for Kyrie but the, gets, the fourth one gets swapped. Yeah. They still get yeah, a that's four, crazy. but they, they they may have a chance at a higher pick. That's all. Yeah. And so that was the biggest <laughs> b- 
But then I, I thought the Celtics made a hell of a deal getting Malcolm Brogdon for nothing. They gave away a 2021 um, – they gave away Aaron Nesmith. They gave away Daniel Theus. And they gave away a 2023 first-round pick, which, let's face it, is going to be in the last five picks of the draft anyways. It's going to be like 27 through 32. Right, it's not going to be a top. It's not going to be a lottery pick, unless yeah, you're not getting crazy value with that pick. Exactly, unless like Tatum, unless for some reason in like 2023 Tatum tears his ACL early and Brown goes down with an injury, then you're like, oh well, shit, this is now all of a sudden the top five pick. But you know, in reality, it's probably going to be a back half. Of, it's going to be like a bottom five pick of the first round. But the other and there's a good chance a low pick like that actually moves, to be honest with you. The team that picks it up will yeah. package that along with something else that they got going. More than likely as a sweetener. It'll be a sweetener in the deal. But the Celtics, the biggest thing is the Celtics didn't include in this trade anybody from their top nine rotation in the playoffs. Top nine. And they get a certified playmaker in progress. Yeah, and a great defender. So they were already a great defensive team. With Smart and and yeah. Jalen Brown, yep. now you're adding yep. Brogdon. I mean, dude, definitely. I'm telling you, what what what's really sick about this lineup now is that I can't tell you how many possessions during the NBA Finals I watched Marcus Smart drive into the lane, pause, wait, look for a shot, turn around, almost get like an offensive three second violation before fumbling it off to somebody. Right? You don't have that with Brogdon anymore, right? You don't. You, at the moment Brogdon goes in, he'll know where his points are to get who what. And he knows based on what he sees, he, the guy averaged like 19 points. Granted, he was there for 60 games on average because of injuries and things of that nature, but the guy's giving you 19 points on average, I think six or seven exists. Uh, he's, you know, he's a solid player. He's a solid, very solid player. Solid player. Now, I heard rumors of the Celtics possibly packaging Jalen Brown and a few others to trade for Durant, and in my mind, that's dumb because you got Jalen Brown and Tatum. One of them would have to be included for Durant. Durant's 33 years old, coming off, you know, two years removed from an Achilles surgery, and why would you give up two young wings who just took you to the finals and took the Golden State Warriors to six games? Like, I I think they're good staying pat with their core, adding little pieces like Brogdon and maybe a few others to try to, to make it better. I think Brown and uh, Durant's salaries are relatively close. I think Brown has like 130 mil or so, and this guy has 164. So they're off by a bit, but that's the closest you'll get to someone that's been paid a good amount of money that you can get something back for. I would say uh, with Brogdon in the mix, I don't know, man. Maybe that Durant move pushes them to a, a point where, uh, bro, that that team is scary, man. Right? Tatum, Brogdon, Smart, Robert Williams, Al Horford, Durant. It, it's. I know, uh, but see, Robert Williams would be gone in this trade scenario. Durant. Makes- oh, okay, okay. They they have to give Williams. They can't give Grant Williams and somebody else. Either. Right, Durant, Durant makes $44 million a year. Jalen Brown makes twenty eight. So they'd have to – basically in this scenario I read, it's Jalen Brown, then they're sending then they're sending Robert Williams, and then also Grant Williams over. That makes No, sense. no, no, no. That, that, that makes no sense. No. That makes the money work? No, no, no. But, but I'm saying you have to keep Smart and Rob Williams together. That's it. You're inside, outside defense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So – so then you would add Durant, you would have Tatum, Horford, Marcus Smart, Brogdon, Derek White. But but I, I don't like this because Durant's 33 years old. He's 33 years old, and you're giving away Jalen Brown, who's 25, and Robert Williams, who's 24. See, so the, I, the, I, other thing is, the other thing is, is Durant plays the four, really, right? So when he plays the four... His, he's all right defensively. He's not greatest. He, he reserves his energy on defense to play offense, which is the right. truth. But you need a Robert Williams at the five to cover that liability. Yeah. You have to. You have yeah. to. Without that, Durant then becomes a defensive liability at 33. Yeah. At the four. Yeah, 100% agree. So, um, with Brogdon going there, then the other move that happened in free agency that got some headlines was the Kings trading for Kevin Werder. From the 
from the Hawks and getting Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless in a future first round pick. So I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I thought that didn't the Hawks just sign Kevin Werder to like a extension last year. They, they, I think that's why they wanted to unload that. They had to unload it because I think they had to take on Murray's contract, which the Spurs gave him. So, I mean, may, I don't know. I don't know how the money works because I know they got rid of Gallinari, who had a high high enough contract, in my opinion. Yeah. So, maybe they made the money work, but, uh, I mean, uh, he's he's a sharpshooter, right? That's what it is. He's a sharpshooter. He's your stretch four, right? And they just signed what, Malik Monk, too. Oh, the yeah. Hawks did? No, the Kings. Are you Ooh. talking about the Hawks or the Kings? Well, well, the Kings, the Kings, yeah, the Kings added Malik Monk, Werder, and now they're Ken, Keegan Murray, their first round pick. Yeah. So, yeah wow. Okay. So, the, and they still got De'Aaron Fox. Good enough. With that, to they still suck. But the, the other thing is, the Kings pl- probably play in the most brutal division in basketball. Because let's face it, they're in a they're in a division right now where they have to play the Warriors, they got to play the Clippers. They got to play the Lakers, and they got to play the Suns. Yeah, that's murderer's row, man. It's, Up yeah. until a couple of years ago, it was easy to get wins on the Suns, but not no more. Exactly, exactly. Especially now, if Kevin Durant goes there, well, that would be entertaining. Durant getting to go up against the Golden State Warriors about six or eight times a year. That's heaven. Him and Draymond jawing back and forth. If, but the the Nets want Devin Booker. That's probably not going to happen. But I, I don't know. Man. Devin Booker just got signed. He just signed a, an extension. He did. He did. Yeah. But they're saying that in any trade the sun, to the Suns, it wouldn't, couldn't just be Aiton and some other people. They would have to include Devin Booker, and the Suns are unlikely to do that. But to make the money work? No, just the Suns. The Nets want Booker for Durant. And, oh, that's not going to happen. And, and the Suns aren't going to do it at all. So... Um, yeah, Booker's too young, too too talented, you know, to trade for, a, you know, a 33-year-old. Not, not I mean, that. you lose. Let's say you lose DeAndre Ayton, and then you trade Booker for Durant. Well, all of a sudden, you got a very old team. You got Durant at 33, who's probably got two really good years left, maybe, and you got an old Chris Paul already. So, yeah, I mean, you still get to keep Bridges. I mean, or is Bridges part of that deal as well? No, no, I don't think – I think Bridges would stay in Phoenix, but Phoenix would also have to take – give up a lot of picks, too, in order to, to make it work. But I, I just don't see them moving off of Booker. If they, the Suns said they would give – they would sign Aiton and then offer Aiton and Bridges and in in a couple picks, but the, the Nets aren't likely to, to do that. So, it's – Dude, if that's the best I could get, I'd take it. It's not the best they can get, though. They, the, I, from what I've heard, the Nets, the Nets have taken about 18 phone calls from teams looking for pack different packages, and they're going to get, they're going to get a deal where it's like, damn, that's that's too good to pass up. And I don't know who's going to come in with what, but Durant doesn't have a no trade clause in his in his contract. He does not, or he does. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh-huh. So they can send him anywhere if they wanted to. If so. If the fucking Thunder were offering the best package, you know, they could send them to the Thunder if they wanted to. But I still think that would be hilarious. As far as, it would be pretty funny to send it. That would be like coming full circle. And somehow, you know, in, in a weird way, they end up getting Westbrook and Durant Westbrook. back on the Thunder. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> turn, turn back the clock, man. <laughs> and somehow even managed to swing a trade for, for, for Harden because Harden just declined his, his player option. Yeah. Yeah, let's run it back now. Now that they're all in their 30s and past their primes. <laughs> what would be scary is if that team actually did well. <laughs> That's true. Well, and there's the potential for it to do well. But, you know, it's it's unlikely. If you could keep SGA, then uh, yeah, who knows, man? It's not, knows? But it's snapping. The Thunder aren't going to want to do that, I don't think. No, it's never. Never. I still think, as I pointed out before, that the Pelicans and the Nuggets out west have the best assets to offer up for Durant. They have the best young talent. 
And in the East, I still think MPJ though is like uh, one year removed from his breakout, right? So like yeah. the the Nets would kind of still be a little little bit more hesitant. Like had they still hung on to Will Barton, that would be the sweetness. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess you could send. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, I'm curious to see what plays out, but that that's. That's what everybody's watching for. I think a lot of the big deals, and we'll, we'll, we've seen guys resign. Like I, I was kind of surprised Beal stayed in Washington. Uh, he wants to be the number one. There's no other team he can go to that he can really be the number one and still stay somewhat relevant. You're right. That's true. That is true. And I wasn't too surprised to see Levine stay in Chicago. To me, the Chicago. The I Bulls, think we overpaid, man. To be honest with you, they, they, the Bulls probably did overpay, but they they win in my opinion keeping Zach Levine. I, now I, I think if I'm the Bulls, you got to – I don't know. They don't. The problem is the Bulls don't have any young talent and they don't have a trove of picks to go after Kevin Durant. They traded away, they traded away most of the young talent. Wendell Carter, Lori Markkinen, Bobby yeah. Portis. They trade away all their young talent. So that's, that's the problem is they don't, they don't really have that going for them and they don't have a bunch of picks to throw in. Because I'd say – you know, you could offer uh, Vucevic's expiring contract and Lonzo Ball and maybe Caruso if you had a shit ton of picks or even Patrick Williams to go get Durant. But they don't have the picks. No, I don't think that's going to happen. And, and in order to make that really work, I think that you still need Levine, Vucevic, and Durant in order to make that Bulls team work. Okay. So would you send them? A- Odd man out is DeRozan, really. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need another score. We got Durant then at that point. That's true. All right, guys, we got about we got about. So I kind of liked how this worked out. So first segment was kind of you know a lot of college football talk, which was kind of you know my specialty and Josh's specialty. Segment two, NBA talk, which is really Sam's big thing, and I and I'm, I'm somewhat knowledgeable of it. Now we get to Josh's specialty, which is professional wrestling for segment three, but before we get... Logan Paul, Logan Paul. (laughs) Before we get to the WWE, I want to give a quick update on our most annoying sports personalities bracket, all right? We are now, the first round is done, our fans have spoken. All right, so I'll give a quick update here, and then on next Friday, we'll do the next round because we won't have a show on Monday with it being 4th of July holiday. Nick Wright moves on beating Kyle Brandt with, no surprise here, 100% of the vote. Nobody voted for Kyle Brandt. Everybody voted that Nick Wright was easily more annoying. So Nick Wright goes with 100% of the vote. Mike Wilbon upsets Joe Buck in the in the 8, what amounted to like an 8-9 seed almost. Mike Wilbon wow. goes it. Joe Buck with the fifty with fifty five percent of the vote. So Mike Wilbon goes over Joe Buck, staying in that in that region. Doug Gottlieb takes out Molly Querum with seventy five percent of the vote. Desmond Howard takes out Mel Kiper with eighty percent of the vote. That's a surprise to me. So out of that bracket, we got Nick Wright now in the next matchup against Mike Wilbon, and we got Doug Gottlieb and Desmond Howard. So it should be interesting. I think that's setting up for a regional final of Nick Wright and Desmond Howard, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Clay Travis Travis takes out Chris Collinsworth narrowly with 52% of the vote. So Clay Travis moving on. Emmanuel Acho beats Jay Williams out of Duke. Emmanuel Acho moves on with 60% of the vote. Now, in a very close matchup, J.J. Redick and Keyshawn Johnson. J.J. Redick moves on, gathering 52% of the vote over Keyshawn. Narrow win. Narrow win. Narrow win. Then you got Jason Whitlock and Mike Greenberg Greeny. Jason Whitlock Upset or not, uh, stays off the upset, taking 55% of the vote. So close, close one there. Green, Greenberg almost pulled the old 215 upset, but didn't quite get there. Then, in a surprise, Stephen A. Smith moves on 
but only 51% of the vote over Michael Irvin. Wow, that was close. Wow. Very close. Very close. I mean, they both suck. The thing is, even if you win, you still suck, right? Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. So, (laughs) Stephen A's the the biggest loser. Um, Rachel Nichols moving over Tony Tony Kornheiser with 65% of the vote. Kendrick Perkins. Beats Bill Simmons narrowly, fifty-five percent of the vote for Perkins. Yeah, I like. Perkins Bill, I don't know why Bill Simmons gets all this hate. I like Bill Simmons, but whatever. Paul Feinbaum goes over Kirk Herbstreit. Paul Feinbaum getting seventy-five percent of the vote. I, um, people I don't like mind Herb, man. He's all right. Herb sucks mind, a little bit, but I, I, I figured Feinbaum was going to move on anyways. I kind of p- picked it, but I would have been I, I would have been surprised if Herb Street upset Feinbaum. Uh, Skip Bayless going over Todd McShay with ninety percent of the vote. We knew that was going to happen. Oh yeah, we knew that one. Jay Billis upsets. Christopher Mad Dog Russo. I was kind of surprised there because Russo's got just. Yeah, I was. I'm kind of surprised with that too. But Billis, Billis, I don't know if you watched him. He comes off as kind of, <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, like, like, like an like a know-it-all asshole, kind of like, like a douchebag. Like a douchebag. I mean, typical Duke, right? But Billis, Billis moved on with sixty percent of the vote, so it was somewhat close, but not really. And then Chris Broussard takes out Max Kellerman. Broussard getting 65% of the vote. Yeah, I definitely hate him more than Max. But, like, I saw him on a flight once oh, from Detroit Broussard? to Miami. Okay. He's, He's a, a dick. I don't know. I don't like Broussard at all. I, hate I don't either. I hate him. And then Colin Cowherd taking out Terry Bradshaw with 70 <laughs> <laughs> That's like a lost loss across the board. They both suck. But, but yeah. So Cal, so we got some interesting matchups in the second round. Uh, we got Cowherd and Broussard, and Billis and Bayless. Uh, and then I, to me, this Kendrick Perkins Paul Feinbaum matchup. Who's going to take that one? That one, Feinbaum. You think Feinbaum? I, I think Perk might take it, man. I hate Kendrick Perkins, dude. Me I, too. But he's been talking that shit lately. He does. Yeah, he, he's, he's been, been talking a lot of shit lately. <laughs> You know, I would well, ask. He's got guys. that beef with Draymond right now too. He does. Right, right. Did we miss anybody out of this bracket? Is there anybody that should have been replaced? That or that? Did we miss somebody? I would put Draymond Green in it because he thinks he's he's a reporter at this point. I, I guess yeah, we could have put Draymond in there. I, you know, I people hate Charles Barkley, but I love him. I love Charles Barkley. To me, he can't. I love Charles, he can't be Charles, on Charles too. Annoying, annoying list. I, I feel like we may have missed one or two people, but I I, th- I think this bracket's pretty accurate with the most annoying personalities. Now, who, to me, right now, and we'll get to WWE next, is I think the final four, I think you can go ahead and pencil in Nick Wright. You have to put Nick Wright in it. You have to. Yeah. I think you can pencil in Nick Wright, Stephen A., and Skip Bayless. Even though Bayless' bracket – Bayless's bracket is pretty difficult because you got Jay Billis, Broussard, and Cowherd there. That's a tough bracket. But the real wild card is going to come out of the Clay Travis, Emmanuel Acho, Jason Whitlock, J.J. Reddick bracket. That, that, that to me, I don't know who's coming out of there. But I think Reddick's gaining some steam. I think Reddick's going to gain some steam, too. I, I, I think Reddick's probably going to come out of that bracket, and I think we're going to have Nick Wright. I think our final four will be Nick Wright, Reddick, Stephen A., and Skip Bayless. And then <laughs> I think Nick Wright takes it all. Yeah, I agree with that, dude, 100%. I uh, hate that uh, asshole. Even, dude, he's so fucking annoying. <laughs> I don't know. It, it is take, See, the thing I is, I've got a big nose, but that dude got a big nose. You know what oh, I'm saying? Dude, yeah, it, it's that squeaky voice that he has, when he, especially when he gets excited. You literally just want to yeah. go punch him in the face. And the fact that he's on LeBron's dick 24-7. And Patrick Mahomes, for that matter. Yeah, and Mahomes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Nick Wright. To go. All right, let's go, Josh. Run it off. What's going on, WWE? Thanks, man. Let's talk about who's, who's taking, who's winning the briefcase. Oh, man. I, I, I think it's going to be Seth Rollins. He, he takes the briefcase. That way they can set Over up the whole Roman versus Seth. Angle. Um, Did we already see that? 
so? We already saw that. Well, I mean, we already seen it, but you know WWE, they like to just repeat. Wash, rinse, I mean, you see Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar as well, more than once. True. Yeah, it's true. And we're going to see it's it again weird. at SummerSlam. So, um, no, I, I think Seth Rollins is, is probably the best choice, uh, especially coming off that whole three match with Cody Rhodes. I mean, Seth Rollins was fucking amazing during that three uh, three match series. So was Cody Rhodes. Um, I could see him. Now Rhodes is um, out. Rhodes should, really, Rhodes should have been in here. So, but what's going to happen is whoever wins this will probably have their moment at like Survivor Series, and then Rhodes is going to win Royal Rumble. And Rhodes is going to headline WrestleMania for the title is is what I yep. think ends up happening. But what I don't like, you throw out fucking Sheamus from the Money in the Bank ladder match. Throw out fucking almost and take out the Sami Zayn, and 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 and, it, and then throw out either Ezekiel or Madcap Moss, or maybe fine keep them because they're young and they're new names. Fine, so maybe keep Madcap Moss. Apparently, it's going to be the winner of Happy Corbin, Miz, Mad Cat Moss, or Ezekiel. Apparently, it's a four, fatal four-way or so for the final spot. <laughs> but take out Seamus, almost, almost, and Sami Zayn, and give me, give me three other fucking people. Give me AJ Styles in there. Give me yes. Kevin, Kevin Owens. Give me fucking somebody. I, I don't know, but Seamus doesn't even belong near the title picture at this point. Almost hasn't fought anybody real. Um, He's been so far removed from, like, legitimate competition for a long time now. It's just because yeah. he's so sloppy in the ring. He, he, I mean, they should have kept him around AJ Styles for a little bit longer. I think, you know what, I think WWE is banking on his endurance. That's one the one thing I'll say in matches. He has endurance to run, like, a marathon in a match. Besides that, there's literally nothing going. I mean, we've seen some. I'll, great I'll tell you the other talent. scenario I can see that happens in that match is Riddle takes the W, especially okay. after that stipulation that he lost. Uh, he could not face Roman Reigns again. So they could set that up. Hey, I got the money in the bank briefcase. I can now challenge him whenever I want. And that's when he'll strike. I think that's you thinking like wishful thinking for one of your favorite wrestlers right now. No, I, I'm, j- I'm just thinking like, hey, maybe that whole thing, that whole storyline with Paul Heyman saying, hey, this is your one and only shot. You lose, you don't get another opportun- opportunity. This is his way to get that opportunity. So WWE, yeah. they like to plant the seeds months before. And if you can kind of spot and kind of see it, you can kind of get ahead of it. So I think that would be something that they could pull. Um, but, no, I, I, still th- I still go by Seth Rollins is probably going to be the winner, but I could see him doing Riddle as well. Um, I well, think if uh, – Well, I was just going to say, I think the card in general is pretty weak. If you look is. at the whole card, uh, Bianca Belair and Carmella – Ronda Rousey and Natalia. Then you got the females Money in the Bank ladder match, which has Evans, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, and a few other girls. But I, I don't know, man. It's just when you have multiple pay-per-views where your champion does not fight in it, it's a bad look for the company. Yes. That's going back to us talking about how Roman Reigns is literally now part-time. Yeah. Yep. So just to throw this out there, did any of you guys watch the Blood and Guts from AEW? That match? Uh, I did. Well, that Cesaro is now part I call it highlights, Josh. That that match was phenomenal. Uh, there was a few spots. Yeah. Just that's old school WWE. The blood flowing. It was exciting through that match. Um, unfortunately, you had one of the participants, uh, uh, Santana. Um, he got hurt. He, I guess he hurt his knee and was out pretty much the rest of the match. So I think it messed up everything. But Cesaro uh, getting the win right before Eddie Kingston, perfect storytelling. Yeah. Perfect storytelling because yeah. now 
it's going to set that feud up to go. That's going to be uh, AEW, although I think their roster is a little bit more bloated right now than it should be. It, it's, it's, it's a better product right now than WWE is. And, I mean, I guess well, there's one other option I could see this Money in the Bank match going. We You talked about Seth Rollins and you talked about Riddle. The other one I could see is Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre cashing it in right after SummerSlam. We're at SummerSlam. Well, he's, like, he's already say, scheduled to fight uh, Roman in Glasgow. He's already got a title opportunity scheduled in when they go to Glasgow. When is that? Is that after SummerSlam? That's after SummerSlam. Oh, Clash at the Castle. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know this thing. I didn't even know that was a thing yet. So okay. Yeah, they, they already announced that he would be fighting Roman Reigns at there, so... I mean, if that's already scheduled, then we already know that Roman's going to go over Brock. Yeah, true, true. Which, and then once again, we see Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns twenty-five. Uh, this is exactly. this is becoming old. Yeah. So, all right, guys, that's all the time we got. It's Friday. Enjoy your holiday weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will be watch out for your thumbs, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Watch out. Don't Uh-oh. blow anything off. We're going to have a big show Friday, uh, and then we'll be back with the full schedule after after the holidays go, and we'll have some guests coming on after the holidays. So thank you for listening, everybody. We will be updating our most annoying sports personalities next Friday. Enjoy your, your holiday, everybody, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, and this bud's for you. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then, yeah, one one of the new Monday shows, I forgot, everybody, Josh is going to be debuting a uh, new segment. So uh, we'll keep that as a surprise, but Josh is going to be debuting. I can't, I can't wait, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be exciting.